Well, good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Hey, we, we just want to pause and just say thanks to our moms. Uh, so much of what you have done for us has gone unseen, and frankly, we wouldn't be here without you. So that's step one. Uh, thanks for that, that we are all here because of a mom somewhere. Uh, and so many things that you do that just go unseen. The diaper changes, the, the taxi service that you run out of your minivan, all the times you had to listen to Baby Shark over and over. Anybody with little kids knows what I'm talking about now, right? There's so many endless sacrifices that go into being a mom and a parent. And so we just want to say thank you. Thanks for all you do. Bridgewater loves moms, uh, and we are excited to celebrate with you this morning. As I thought about Mother's Day and what I should get uh, my mom or really what Jocko should get Olivia for Mother's Day, I paused and started to think, okay, what does uh, Olivia or my mom really want? And then I thought bigger, and what, what does any mom want, really? What does any mom need? And I thought even bigger than that, okay, what does really every human being need and every human being want? And as I thought about the question of what does every human want, I, I realized that we all want the same thing. That you and I, uh, whether we're a parent or not a parent, or whether we're a dad, a mom, a grandpa, grandpa, it doesn't, doesn't matter. We all want the same thing, and we may define it differently, and you may put different words on it, but I would bet we would all agree we want a life that is blessed. That if we really truly pause and say, okay, what do I want in life? And it's the feeling of being blessed. Nobody wants to feel cursed. Nobody wants to feel forgotten or alone or cast off. All of us desire a blessing to be on uh, our life, which is why I would bet your favorite coffee cup probably has a Bible verse on it with a blessing, right? Or somewhere on your journal, if you have a journal, has uh, a verse of a blessing or a promise from God that he's going to bless you. Or your screen on your phone has it, or whatever it is. There's all of these things, which is why your prayer life is really consumed with blessing. God bless me with kids or bless my kids. God bless me with my uh, bless me with a marriage, or bless my marriage. God bless me with finances, or bless my finances. God, God bless those I love. Right. So much of what we do is seek God for a blessing, and I think that's wonderful. And I, and I think that is a, a beautiful part of being a child of God is that we can go to Him to access those blessings. And I would bet as we look at your life and you look at my life, there's three things really that you crave most. There's three specific blessings that you're after in your life more than anything. And what happens is we spend so much of our life in pursuit of these particular things, and you may not even know what you're chasing. Or if you do know the feeling or the blessing that you're chasing, you don't know uh, where to find it. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to unpack a passage of Scripture that helps us unlock the blessings of God because you and I can go to all sorts of other places to try to find what can only be found in God. And it's difficult sometimes because it can feel like a secret. <laughs> like you look at some people and you go, they just look so blessed. Now you probably don't use the word blessed there, but they just look so lucky. They got everything they wanted. They, they just have it all, right? And so how do you unlock all of the blessings that God has for your life and for my life and for your kid's life? If you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn into the book of Numbers. In the book of Numbers, what we get is a blessing that was given uh, from God to the person of Moses, passed on to Aaron, who was the spokesperson, to be spoken over Israel. So essentially what this is, is the key, if you will, according to God, and how you walk in and receive all of the blessings that you want in your life. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 said this, The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. This is this. This is the key to, to getting all that you want in life, all the blessings that God has for you. What, what did it say? And it said, the Lord bless you and keep you. Now, what is he saying here? He said that the blessings are with the Lord. The blessings are when we're near God. The enjoyment of his grace is when we're near God. And what does this last part of the verse say? No, let's go back. What does the last part of the verse say? When his face is towards you. Now, what he's saying here is that the blessings of God are for those who are near him. The blessings of God are for those who see God face to face. The blessings come from the presence of God. See, God's blessings, the blessings you're really chasing, are found in God's presence, which is our first point here today. Now, what's going to happen as you hear this is go, okay, yeah, that's true, I know that, but in reality, there's some things here on the level ground that I want. There's some things here that my heart desires, and what I'm going to try to show you over the rest of this message is that everything your heart is after is found here. Everything you want, long, crave for, and desire is found only here. In this place, see, everything we want and need is found in God. Now, now here's what happens on, on the ground roots of really our desires. Is many of God's blessings are tangible, are they not? They're, they're the people in your life, they're the spouse, they're the kid. A lot of those things are God's blessings. Now, what happens in my heart, and I've noticed this over the years, and it used to be uh, a lot worse, and now occasionally, if I'm not careful, this begins to happen in my heart, is... I see the blessing that God has given me. Well, what happens when, when that blessing is taken away from me? You know that old worship song that we used to sing on repeat? Um, you give and take away, Lord, blessed be your name, right? I should have added a few more lines to that song in my, prefer- in my opinion. But that song really always challenged me because it said, okay, here's the blessing of God. And if God chooses to take away that blessing, what does it say? Blessed be your name. You're still worthy of praise. But here's, here's what I've watched in my heart and in the heart of many others. As we examine the blessings that God gives us, and he chooses to take them away, and it makes me angry at God, or I'm mad at God because he took that away, he took a friend away, he took some money away, he took something away from me, and I find myself angry at God, what is revealed inside of my heart is that I have replaced the blessing for God. What was once a gift from God has now become God in my heart. I have now said, all right, what I really wanted was that thing, Thanks for giving it, God. Oh, you took it away? Now I'm mad at you. Now, what is a blessing? A blessing is unmerited favor. It's something you didn't deserve. It's something you didn't work for. And so if if I'm mad that God took it away, it reveals that I really wanted the thing more than I wanted God. And so I've gotten this backwards. Or another way that I've realized it shows up in my heart is if there's someone I really care about and has kind of elevated in my heart a little bit of affection, probably above where it should be, and they disappoint me, what happens? I find myself disengaging and disconnecting because uh, I put a weight on them that they couldn't carry. So um, we see this in our relationships all the time, but what is that? It's revealing that this person became more important to me than God. The blessing outpaced God. But, But here's the good news in all of that is that God has already promised to meet all of your needs and all of your desires. All of those areas in your heart that you feel disappointed or you feel frustrated because God took it away, really what God might be doing in your heart as he took that away is making space for him. 
making space for him to come in and meet that need and satisfy that desire of your heart because the greatest blessings of God are found only in the person of God, not in the gifts of God. But there are three things that you crave, as I mentioned earlier, three things that you desire most, and I would say they, they get put down into three words. The three things your heart chases more than anything would be security, acceptance, and peace. Your heart longs for, your mind, whether you're a guy or a girl or mom or dad, it doesn't matter. You desire security. Now, not like ADT, somebody beeping on your door. I'm talking about you desire for your heart to feel safe, which is why you, you stress when your finances are low, which is why you stress when you're in an uncomfortable situation, which is why um, you're really worried when there's not some relational security around you, when things are unstable, because you desire security. And that's not a bad desire. But what happens is if you don't go to the Lord for it, you end up going into all sorts of other uh, relationships, all sorts of other places that really will never promise the security that you're looking for. The other thing that we crave is acceptance. It didn't end in high school. It didn't end in college in the dorm room, right? There is this desire in each one of us to be accepted for who we are, that somebody would know me, know all of my faults, all of my failures, and still choose me. We all have that, which is why it hurts so bad to be left out of something, which is why it hurts so bad to be slighted from something, because we crave to be accepted for who we are. And then obviously, peace. Nobody says, ah, I want a life full of turmoil, right? We, we all desire peace in a way that is different than the temporary peace that the world offers. We crave some sort of settling in our heart. And here's the good news for you today. God already promised you all three of those things. And you just actually read them in the book of, of Numbers. So what I want to do for the rest of the time together is I want to go back through the book of Numbers and I want to show you exactly how God promised to meet your three deepest needs that you have in your life. So let's look back at Numbers chapter 6. It says, the Lord bless you and keep you. What does he say there? Keep you. What does that mean? It means that God, in his love for you, has surrounded you with his love, mercy, and protection in a way that you can't escape. In a way that as, as you have entered into a relationship with him, that wherever you go, he sees you. Wherever you are walking into the trial, the difficulty, the, the inner turmoil, God is all around you keeping you. He has formed a hedge around you. Now, does this mean you're safe from all of the trials of life? No. It means that in the midst of all of the trials of life, I am secure. That I never have to go through a trial and wondering, has God forsaken me? Is this the point where God has left me? God, are you even here? No, I know. I know. I'm secure. And so all of the places that I've gone to to try to find security, be it strength, be it finances, be it um, a relationship, or be it even friends, are good, but they're not it. And I think God knew that this was a deep desire in all of our hearts to feel secure because all throughout the Bible you see these promises given to you, given to uh, the people that he was writing to for us. And here's probably five or six of them. There's probably 40 of them, but I want you to read some of these. He will never leave you or forsake you. A promise to you. Next one. I will never leave you or forsake you. Another book in Joshua, talking to a grown man, a warrior who needed security. So if you're in here going, oh, I'm masculine, I'm secure, I don't need that. Listen, this guy was about to go fight a war. He was far manlier than any of us will probably ever be. And he needed God's reassurance of his security. Next verse. 
Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Next one. For the Lord will not reject his people. How, how much time is spent in our hearts worrying about that one? Wondering if God would forsake us. He will never forsake his inheritance. He won't forsake us. Next one. And surely I am with you always. Just believe that word, always, to the very end of the age. Last one. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Do you think God's trying to get something across to us? Do you think he's trying to show us something in our hearts that we will run to strong towers other than God and God saying, come to me. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. What you crave in security, I have for you. And as I think about moms on Mother's Day, this is something moms do so well for kids. Kids get boo-boos or they get banged up or they get scared. Where do they run? They run to mom because mom's safe, or they run to dad because dad's safe. Kids know where to run in moments of fear, and if we could take a page out of our kids' books, learn from the example moms give us, and go, you know what? God is the one who would hold me secure here. You'd find that need satisfied. Here's the second one that he meets in acceptance. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. You see, you get the Lord's presence on you, not because of your merit, not because of anything you did or didn't do, not because you're a good mom or a bad mom, or not because you're a good Christian or a, a bad Christian. You get God's presence in your life because of his grace. Because he looked at you before you did anything for him, before you offered him anything. And so you know what? I choose you. Now what is that? That's acceptance. That God has seen everything there is in my heart. He knows all of my failures, my fears, my shortcomings, and my guilt. And yet, by his grace, he looks upon me. Now, as you think about that, God looking at you, what are the feelings that come up? If you were to have to stand face to face with God right now, what are the emotions that are going to come? And I would bet for some of us, that's guilt. It's shame. It's fear. It's remorse. Maybe it's feelings of disappointment that you haven't measured up, that you weren't the mom you thought you could be or the dad you thought you could be. There's all sorts of things we can feel, but what the Word of God tells us we should feel is acceptance, not guilt. See, the place of God's presence is not a place to be fearful of, but to run towards. And I have to, again, credit my mom for this one. My mom taught me this one well. Because, you know, it didn't matter if I missed the game-winning shot. It didn't matter if I struck out with the bases loaded. It didn't matter if I got an A on the report card. It did, none of that mattered to mom. I was embarrassed that I missed the game-winning shot. She didn't care. It didn't change her affection for me in any way. And so my mom taught me that well. But I have to wonder, how many times have you and I avoided God's presence because we don't feel accepted? How many times have we hesitated to pray or come before the Lord and request that he would meet us there because we don't feel accepted? And the word of God says, hey, that desire that you've gone to social media to try to fill and you've gone to this friend to try to fill or you've pulled out of your kid, that desire is met only where? When his face is on you, in the presence of the Lord. You see, God's presence satisfies the need for acceptance. Here's the last one for us. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. 
No, I'm not a mom on Mother's Day, but I want peace in my life. I want peace in my home. I want peace in my country. I want peace in my soul. And I'm not talking about momentary reprieve. Like, how much would you pay to be at peace for the rest of your life, to never have a worry or struggle that ever shook your peace? I would guess by simple observation of the American spending habits that we would spend a lot of money. We would, because we do. We spend all of this money to try to get something that would feel peaceful, a day at the spa, or a Netflix binge, or a new car. Now, is, is there anything wrong with most of those? No, but what are they? They're chases of temporary pursuits of peace. And what we discover in each, all, each one of them is that they're short-lived. But what you find in the presence of the Lord is a peace that can't be shaken. What would you find when God has turned his face towards you and you're in that moment, and if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about, where you have just paused and sat with the Lord and gone, ah, he's got it. And the thing about that piece is you can't explain it, can you? There's no words to describe what that soul rest feels like. Jesus actually said the world wouldn't understand it. He says this in John and speaking to his disciples. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives, right? So not temporary, not short-lived. You don't have to buy it. I give you a different peace. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Isn't it interesting how often God tells us that simple phrase, don't be afraid? Don't worry. Don't, don't fret. Peace. Now, it feels crazy. It feels almost irresponsible. It feels almost like we're not God. See, and that's the beautiful thing of getting in the presence of the Lord. And that's why God would call us in to be in his presence, because in that moment, I'm reminded I'm not God. I'm not in charge of my security in my life. I'm not in charge of what others think of me. I'm not in charge of the circumstances in my life that it can affect my peace, but I know the one who is. And the one who is has invited me into his presence to rejoice in and experience all of those blessings of knowing and communing with him. Which leaves us with the question this morning, how do you get that? Like, how do you get the blessings of God? How do you get in the presence of God? How do you pursue God in a way that you receive all of the blessings that he would have for us? And that is our second point today, that the blessings of God are for those who love him. The blessings of God are for those who love him. Turn with me to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9 says this, know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is a faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. What, what did that verse just say? It said that the blessings of being in uh, a relationship with God, are for the, or the blessings of being in the presence of God are for those who love him and keep his commandments. So, so wait, are you saying that the love of God and the blessings of God are conditional? Yes and no. So here's what I mean. The love of God for you is unconditional, but the blessings of God for you are conditional upon a certain thing. So maybe this will help you understand what I'm saying. So say you have a kid, and the kid has grown up and loved your home-cooked meals, has just come to cherish eating food around your table, and then one day they grow up, and they leave the home, and they move to the other side of the country. Now, has your love for that child changed at all? No, of course not. It's unconditional. You love that child entirely. But has the child lost the blessing of your home-cooked meals? 
Yeah, just not in proximity to you anymore to enjoy that particular blessing. And so it is true of God. That no matter where we are, his love for us has not diminished. It has not changed. It has not wavered. But if our proximity is not near God, we do not get the blessings of God. See, the blessing of peace comes from being in the presence of God who has all things under his control. So if I am not near him, I will not enjoy that. The security of God comes from finding soul rest, that the God Almighty, the Alpha and Omega, has written the beginning and the end, and so he knows my middle. Secure is only when I get into his word and am reminded of those promises. The God of acceptance, or the God who accepts you, is only experienced in prayer. When you pause, when you speak to your Father and knows that he hears you, and so, yes, they're conditional upon us enjoying them by being near him. You see, God's blessings are for those who are near him, who are in relationship him, with him. And primarily, and this is important that you get this, because what can happen if you don't get this next thing right is you begin to think you've got to twist God's arm. But, but here's what First John tells us about our love for God. That we love because he first loved us. So any love I show God is only in response to the love he has already shown me. So I don't love God to get him to bless me. God has blessed me with his salvation, therefore I love him. Does that make sense? Because if that order is backwards, what happens is I think that my love is to manipulate God into blessing me. No, God has already blessed you. You don't have to manipulate him at all. All you have to do is begin to enjoy and walk in the gift that is God's love. It's like my son, Jocko. And Jocko is a wonderful little boy. You saw him eating paper up there. I love that kid. And I accept him, and I adore him, and he is close to my heart. But here's the thing about Jocko. He hasn't done anything for me. He hasn't fixed up the house. He, ha he hasn't painted the walls. He hasn't figured out how to clean his diaper yet. Like, I'm wishing that one was coming on. He hasn't offered me anything other than Jocko. All he has given me is himself, his personality, his heart, and that's all I want from him. That's all, that's all I desire from him because Jocko is the blessing, not what Jocko can do for me. And what's interesting about Jocko is he's most safe when he's near me. He's most secure when he's near his parents, and so it is true with you. God didn't choose to accept you when you started doing some things for him. He loved you way before you offered any good deeds. And all he wants from you is you, your heart, your nearness, your proximity. And I would bet there's some of you in here today who really want that. You, you desire that. Whether you've been a Christian for uh, five minutes, 50 years, you, you desire that presence because you have some needs that the Lord needs to meet in your heart. And here's the beautiful thing about God. He offers you that invitation. James chapter 4, verse 8 says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. What, what is that? That's a promise that if you take steps towards God, he's going to come near to you. What a beautiful place of acceptance. And I would bet there's some moms in here, maybe some dads, just feeling weary. Life has gotten the best of you. And here's a promise from the Lord. It says this in Matthew, come to me. All who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? Rest. What is that? Peace, security, acceptance, assurance. 
It says, take my yoke upon you. Next verse. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble, accepting. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's the invitation of the God of the universe to you, to come find rest, come find peace. The band's going to play a song, and I'm going to have you remain seated for the remainder of the service. And the band's going to play the song that is from the verses and numbers that we just read, The Blessing. What I would encourage you to do is to take some of this time and just pause. All right, God, I need you. I need your presence. I need you to fill me. I need you to meet me wherever I am, and that you would just allow these words to be sung over you, that you would believe them to be true, and then I'm going to come up and pray for us.